0: Hello, and welcome to the second part of our journey through Galatians. If you don't know me, I'm Richard and I'm part of the leadership team here in King's Church. Well, last week, Lucundo gave us a great introduction and overview. So this week we're looking at Galatians chapter one. Now remember, Lucundo reminded us that when we read Galatians, we're really reading somebody else's mail. We're reading a letter from Paul, an apostle in the early church, to Christians in Galatia, a region that is now part of modern-day Turkey. We're reading a letter written nearly 2,000 years ago, probably in about 48 AD. It really is early days in terms of the spread of the Christian message of Jesus and his kingdom. And as we've seen, Paul is passionate about this message. If you haven't already, I'd really encourage you to read through the whole of the letter to the Galatians in one go. And if you can, read it out loud. In fact, you might like to do that twice. The first time, read it out loud as if you were Paul. Imagine yourself as Paul speaking to the church in Galatia. And then the second time, imagine yourself as a new Christian in Galatia. See how it feels to to receive, to hear those words from Paul. And of course, I'd encourage you to watch Lecundo's overview if you haven't already done so. But right now, let's, let's read Galatians chapter 1 together. I'm reading from the NIV translation. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men or by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me. To the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preached to you, let them be under God's curse. As we've already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, Let them be under God's curse. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I was still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it rather i received it by revelation from jesus christ for you have heard of my previous way of life in jerusalem in judaism how intensely i persecuted the church of god and tried to destroy it i was advancing in judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and i was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia. Later, I returned to Damascus. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing to you is no lie. Then I went to Syria and Cilicia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us. Is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praised God because of me. Now, it's important for us to remember that this letter was not originally written in chapters. So, in a sense, we're we're breaking off here in a bit of an arbitrary place. Paul is partway through his argument and he's really just getting warmed up. But let's see what God might want to say to us through what we've read so far. Let's just pray. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us through what Paul wrote here to the churches in Galatia? Would you speak to us through this letter written by Paul that has now become Holy Scripture to us? Help us to hear your voice so that we can become more like you. And so that we can walk faithfully in obedience to you. Amen. Amen. Well, in his standard opening for a letter of this kind, Paul identifies himself as the writer and the churches in Galatia as the recipients. And in identifying himself, he immediately makes it clear that he is not writing on his own human authority. But rather, he is addressing them on God's behalf. Now, that's a a pretty bold claim to make. But this is incredibly important to Paul, considering what's at stake. An apostle is literally a sent one. And Paul has been sent by Jesus Christ and God the Father to bring this message to his people. And then, in identifying the churches in Galatia as the recipients, Paul prays for them and he kind of gives us a summary of this gospel message in what he prays. He says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. It was God himself who saved his people. It is God's gospel. It is God's good news. We as humanity could not save ourselves. Paul has not come with a human message. He has not come to propose more human traditions or philosophies. God himself has come to save us from this present evil age. And that's why in verse 6 Paul says he is astonished. He's astonished that the Galatians and now deserting God to follow a different gospel. Now, we're not going to get much detail here in chapter one about what this false gospel is, but what is really clear is that false gospels come as a result of human traditions and human philosophies, whereas the gospel that can save us comes from God. The gospel that can save us is initiated by God. God has come to us. Our hope of salvation and transformation rests in what he has done for us. And this is why Paul goes on to assert that his calling is from God and not man. And that he received his gospel message from God and not man. And Paul is frustrated with the Galatians because it seems he would have expected them to recognise these false gospels for what they truly are. He expects them to reject false gospels and to hold on to the true gospel that they received from God. So we need to stop and ask ourselves a question. What gospel have I heard from God? What gospel, what good news have you heard directly from God? course, the majority of us still heard from God either through other people or from the Bible or maybe through a combination of both. I have heard amazing testimonies of Jesus revealing himself directly to people in their dreams. I've heard a number of those stories uh, particularly about Jesus revealing himself to Muslims but it's still probably fair to say that most of us heard the gospel through another person. In Romans 10, uh, 11 to 15, Paul writes this As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? and how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So Paul is not denying the need for us to pass on the message of Jesus. On the contrary, Paul sees this as vitally important. But he also insists that we must learn to discern the true gospel that comes to us from God himself. You might hear it through words written thousands of years ago by Paul. You might hear it through the New Testament gospels, or you might hear it through a preacher or through the stories of a friend. But when you hear the true gospel, you will hear it as a message from God himself nevertheless. Because God himself is reaching out to you and God himself will save you. What gospel have you heard from God? Have you heard the message of Jesus who gave himself as a sacrifice for your sin? Have you heard the message of Jesus who wants to reconcile you with God? Who wants to draw you back into right relationship with him? Have you heard the message of Jesus who wants to empower you to live as a child of God? Who wants to enable you to walk faithfully with God? Have you heard the message of Jesus who wants to usher in God's rule and reign of love and help you to live as part of it? Have you heard the message of Jesus who calls you to follow him and live your life with him? Who wants to send you to others with his message, who wants to commission you with the great commission to make disciples of all nations. Because this message comes from Jesus, from God himself. If this message is not merely some human philosophy based on human traditions, if this message comes from Jesus, then it's worth getting passionate about, if it's a message that that really can save us from our own selfishness and greed, if it's a message that really can bring transformation to our world, then why would we neglect it? Why would we allow it to become distorted or cheapened or watered down in any way? I guess sometimes for us as modern day Christians, it can seem easier to just get on with going to church and following our traditions, whatever they might be, than to pursue the radical kind of discipleship and mission that we read about in the New Testament. I mean, here in the Bible, we read about men and women who had given their whole lives for this message. Literally, some of them laid down their lives and were executed because they refused to to stop sharing this message with others. We read about men and women being prepared to suffer financial hardship, being prepared to go through oppression or persecution or other forms of suffering because this message, this gospel was so important to them. So it's tempting to settle for something less that brings us comfort that we're still being good Christians. To settle for following whatever customs and traditions that we're following but are we in danger of following a false gospel or settling for a lesser gospel that really is no gospel at all? So let's pray together. Father, we want to hear, receive, and respond to the true gospel, not a false gospel based on human philosophies or understandings or traditions, but we wanna receive you, Lord Jesus, And we want to follow you wholeheartedly and we want to make our whole lives about your gospel. And so as we talk and pray and reflect this week and as we continue our journey through Galatians, would you ignite a passion in each of our hearts for your gospel? We're so grateful that you have come to save us and we want to live our whole lives in response. In Jesus name. Amen.